Sir, are you gay? Yes, I am. Do you care about John Oliver? I don't even know who that is. Oh, okay. What about Wendy Williams? Of course I do. Yes, thank you. On this episode of The Commercial Break... Handsome and awesome, and would like a Russian bride to suck on my penis most days and not talk back to me at all because I am the American version of a Russian stud. Go, Google! <laughs> the next episode of the commercial break starts now. Welcome back to the commercial break. I'm Brian Green. This is the director of audiovisual services, Kristen Joy Holy. <laughs> Best to you, Kristen. Best to you, Brian. Best to you out there in the podcast universe. Darcy, you can't go around drinking, opening your lady on everybody. Darcy. <laughs> I have gotten Chrissy. And probably Jeff by default. Yep. Wrapped in, hooked. roped in, fully hooked, fully engaged in the 90 Day Fiance <laughs> universe, and I couldn't be more proud of myself. <laughs> My life's work is done. I can now go. It took. It took four years. It took four years. Mm-hmm. And a conversation about it probably four times a month in every episode <laughs> that we talk about 90 Day Fiance. But she is fully hooked. Yeah, I'm going back and watching them from the from the start. So I'm watching stuff that I know is old, but, you know, it's just fascinating. Oh, it's endlessly fascinating. <laughs> and now you're on the season with Darcy, and mm. I can't remember his name because no one cares. Yeah. Um, he's a jerk-off. The, what is he, he is. Austrian? No, he's from Amsterdam. Amsterdam! Darcy, <laughs> all the Dutch. drinking and pussy lips everywhere. You got to stop. <laughs> she had one drink one time, and he yeah. was like, we got to talk about your alcoholism, Darcy. <laughs> you got to promise me to never drink. Never drink again <laughs> in my presence. Like, you are a fine woman with many high qualities. I can't think of them right now, but all the alcohol is washing your vagina into other men's dicks <laughs> it's bothersome madasi <laughs> i guess she went off on some social media tear too and so now he's forbid her from being on social media oh yeah he's a total I mean, cunt. he's a total he just cunt can, oh he yeah. just wants to control her well that's that's it that's like the whole premise yeah. of the of this season focusing on darcy and this guy Darcy being a woman from New Jersey who is plastic fantastic, and I mean plastic fantastic. This girl has spent a lot of money getting a lot of work done. She is, and it was funny because um, they were showing, it was her birthday in this one episode I'm watching, and they'd gotten a hotel room in New York, and mm. she wakes up, and he, he's like, hello, darling, you know, happy birthday. Hello, and Darcy. Like, Hi, and she wakes up and emerges from the covers, and she's fully makeup, like, like I'm talking oh, yeah. like dark eyeshadow, the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> it's, of course, it's a highly edited <laughs> show. Like, you didn't just wake up. No, like of course that. not. No, they don't, you know, those, those like morning scenes and like the yeah. some of these scenes, they're obviously, not even call them staged, but they're preordained. Like, okay, at eight o'clock, we're going to come, we're going to start filming. Darcy, we want to see you waking up with, yes. you know, whatever his name is. And, and uh, <laughs> it's all just so, but it's so fantastic. Even though I dislike Star- Stacey with, uh, Darcy with a passion, um, because she's just as obnoxious as he is, but he is really controlling. Like she's obnoxious in a way that like I just don't like her personality. Yeah. He's a he's mean and controlling is what he is. And he's he a is. gaslighter. Man, oh, does he gaslight her. I know. It's hard to watch. Listen, and the guy is like a twenty two year old Amsterdamian model. Bodybuilder. Bodybuilder, model, yeah. uh-huh. yoga instructor, you know, one of these types, <laughs> self-help guru, who goes around the world. It, I, I've, I've seen his Instagram. 
He goes around the world on the backs of his one season of 90 Day Fiance fame. <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe two seasons. Maybe two it was two seasons. seasons. Yeah. But he goes around and he'll show up at like literally like a shitty motel in, I don't know, East London. And then he gives a seminar on self-help. And there are there is nobody attending these seminars. There's like six guys sitting in chairs. There's 40 chairs, six human beings in those chairs. And he's giving a motivational speech about what I don't know. What could you possibly know about life at 22 years old? I don't know. I'm not saying that there aren't some 22-year-olds out there that aren't old souls and know what they're talking about. He's not one of them. <laughs> no. Jossie, you can never drink again. You've brought embarrassment on my family and my penis. <laughs> it's like, dude, settle down. You got a six-pack. You got a 12-pack. What else could you want? I mean, you don't need to be that controlling when you have a 12-pack. No. Just move on to the next person. Because Darcy is a 52-year-old woman who has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars plumping herself up in many different ways. And why are you two together in the first place? I don't care about the age difference, but they have nothing in common. No, they nothing. really don't. I know. I keep thinking that whenever I'm watching their segments because I'm like, how how are they so in love with each other? I'll tell you how. I met Darcy <laughs> on Instagram, and then she said, let's do 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> you know that the producers of this show have the pick of the litter. Now that they're on season 14 or whatever, 15, 16, 24, I don't know. Now that they're on, now that they have a well-oiled machine going on, they have the pick of the litter. They can pick the craziest couples with the craziest stories. No longer is it just like a novelty. We we went looking for some people who were doing this. Now it's they probably have stacks and stacks of applications and online videos that they watch. And you know that there are people out there that are finding love overseas, and the only thought in their head is, I can be on 90 Day Fiance. True, now that it's such a, you know, it's been out there for a while. Yeah, yeah. because these people are getting paid. I don't think they're getting paid a lot, maybe $5,000 an episode. Jeff thought maybe like day rate. You think day, day rate season one. Okay. Okay, but by the time you get to season three, I oh, think okay. probably be five to $7,000. And if you're Angela or whoever. <laughs> oh, Angela yeah. and Michael. If you're someone who's been on for... 12 and, and seasons. every iteration. I mean, yes. they were on the before the 90 days, then they were 90 day, then they're happily ever after. Question yes. mark? Question mark. <laughs> happily ever after. You know, there's this fascinating show. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, and then now they're on the last resort. Too. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, there's this fascinating show in, um, in London called Gogglebox. And Gogglebox has been on for a while. It's won a lot of BAFTAs. And what it is, normal people in their house watching a television show and Gogglebox records them watching the show. So they record them watching the show and they make <laughs> running commentary as any family would watch sitting around and watching any show. So it's some couples, sometimes friends, sometimes whole family, you know, whole families, four or five people sitting there. And Gogglebox is really fascinating. Well, 90 Day Fiance has even jumped on the Gogglebox idea and now they have a version of 90 day fiance where other 90 day fiance couples are watching 90 day fiance oh, seasons that's right talking about 90 I day think fiance i caught that one time and i was like what fascinating it's too much it's too much it's fascinating but i think the upper echelon of 90 day fiance stars like the ones who have been around for a while and yeah. really command the screen like they're just naturally dramatic and entertaining human beings they're probably getting 15 $20,000 an episode. I mean, do I ever see any of these people working? What do they do? 
No, they just take off and go on these retreats. Why can't we be that lucky? Go, <laughs> go spend all these money on hotels for romantic dinners where then they get in arguments and cry. I know. I'm stuck <laughs> on a shitty farm outside of fucking Nowheresville, Spain, because I can't afford a proper hotel room with no air conditioning, no internet, and no cell phone service. And these people are at the fucking Ritz in New York City, yeah. you know, uh, worrying, waking up with full makeup faces on at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? How is the world fair? It's not fair. Nothing's fair, Chrissy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I just find it so entertaining, and I just want to be a part of it. Like I, I, I wish that I had had this idea when I was. I was going to say Astrid. you didn't. You missed out an opportunity. Although Astrid would have been like, I no. know. Funny thing was, it was like season number two or three when Astrid and I met, and I said, "You got to watch this program, right?" And in a lot of ways, it was. It was a parody of what was going on with Astrid and I. And in a lot of ways, it was unrecognizable to right. what was going on with Astrid and I. First of all, we didn't do the 90-day visa. We didn't do that program. But um, when we met and we were an international love story and we were trying to figure out how we were going to make it all work, it was very engaging to watch this knowing that, well, as stressed out as I am about making sure Astrid gets over here and becomes a citizen, at least I'm not that fucked up. <laughs> at no. least I'm not those people. No. At least I'm not Darcy and young Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, why you put your boobs everywhere? Everyone sees your boobs. <laughs> well, you're putting your dick out there, Mr. Hard-on, rock-hard abs. Yeah, I think that's how they met, right? They were. Yeah, she was goggling him. Yes. Speaking of goggle box, it was Darcy <laughs> goggling some 18-year-old hottie hunk across the ocean. And she has daughters that are like close to his age. Yes. Yeah, she, his daughters are like 24 <laughs> now. And he's, I don't know what he is, 32. But anyway, endlessly fascinating. Tell Jeff, give Jeff my apology. Jeff, I'm sorry. I will. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'll say I know anything. you don't listen to the show. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. <laughs> I know you don't listen to the show, but I'm hoping that someone will tell you that Brian apologized to you for all the bad television currently running around in your house. Uh, I have to mention this because I think it's the story of the week, maybe of the month. We'll see how the rest of the month goes, but uh, it's, it's early, so we'll see how it, it goes. It is, yeah. Did you read about the Atlanta to Barcelona flight that had to be turned around. I did. It's everywhere. About an hour and a half into the flight. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. I have a bad case of (laughs) diarrhea. Have you ever seen that? (laughs) The Japanese commercial? No. uh, It's like an English translation service. They're trying to teach you how to to speak English, right? So it's like an infomercial, and there's three Japanese ladies, and they're doing this like whole dance, like putting their hands over their butt, and it's like, I need a bathroom because I have a bad case of diarrhea. (laughs) I have a bad case of diarrhea. It's the funniest thing. The internet always wins. But I can't even fathom. I thought Delta was the good airline. I can see this happening on Jet Brown, Jet Blue, Jet Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not Delta's fault. Southwest or something. I mean, don't they screen for that shit? Screen for diarrhea? Yeah, screen for diarrhea. Hey, everybody's responsible for your own diarrhea control or not, or you don't get on the plane. I just don't understand it. Yeah. What under what circumstances (laughs) do you have to shit all over the plane? First of all. 
What are the mechanics of this? Is the, they won't even say if it's a man or a woman. No, yeah, they're, they're keeping that. Yeah, they're keeping that secret. And you know what? They Fair should. enough. Yeah, yeah, they should because it's just an accident. Obviously, right. I'm, I'm making it funny, but it's an accident, and of course, accidents do happen. Um, but the entire plane was filled with well, poop. That's what they. I, I don't. I'm picturing it. I, it seems like maybe they were getting on, and maybe their seat was towards the back. <laughs> they just. They just they like kind of did the shuffle the whole way back. I yeah. don't know. I think they were sitting in first class and decided to drop a bomb in, in the coach because they didn't want to embarrass themselves. And so they did the diarrhea shuffle all the way back. But what are the logistics of this? Is this a man that's dripping diarrhea all the way down his jeans or is this a woman who has a skirt on? I just want, I'm just fascinated to know, know what exactly was seen and heard on this plane. But the if you I can listen, imagine the smell. Oh my God. You I can imagine the smell too because I have 12 to 14 <laughs> yes. children who have diarrhea. One of them has diarrhea all the time. Uh I have never in my life experienced such gut-busting diarrhea that I would actually shit myself. Like, I would know ahead of time. I mean, the only way I can think about it is if you were violently ill. I had salmonella. Yeah. And you know what? To be fair, I I wasn't thinking about a plane ride at that time. No, you were in your house. I wasn't thinking about a (laughs) 12-hour plane ride to Barcelona. (laughs) I was thinking, and that's the crazy part, is that they were headed to Barcelona. They were on a nine-hour flight. So they only got an hour and a half into it. And thank God they only got an hour and a half into it. Because can you imagine that guy or girl had diarrhea the entire time and was just running up and down the halls? No. And can you imagine sitting next to the person who just shat themselves? It it, it clearly is a... I think the pilots and the the staff on board made a clearly intelligent decision and a common sense one. We got to turn this plane around. We can't get there like this. The ATC, the Air Traffic Control tape that i listened to i saw the transcript yeah. of that. you can there's a couple of websites where they record all of this stuff all the public uh atc stuff and i listened to it because of course it's one of the most listened to things now on these websites but i listened to it and the pilots who usually the rule is because i've flown exactly two times uh because i actually took control of an airplane once or twice the rule is short sweet and to the point do not use any extra words there's a lot of people talking to air traffic control you got to make you got to be concise and clear sense but this guy goes uh uh atlanta this is delta 1303 uh delta and the the guy was like (laughs) delta 1303 go ahead we uh, we're gonna need to turn around and come back to atlanta now are you declaring an emergency? Uh, n- no, not not an emergency per se, but we do have a biohazard, <laughs> biohazard. situation on board. <laughs> biohazard. Delta one three zero three. Can you repeat that, please? Yes, biohazard situation on board. Like a biochemical situation <laughs> on board. Like a biodiarrhea situation <laughs> on board. Clearing all traffic right now. Clearing all lanes. <laughs> it's like they cleared the sky. We have fire trucks with diarrhea foam <laughs> on the tarmac, ready for you, sir. <laughs> We're getting ready to spray down that ass. Get, get them out. Did they use the? Do you think they used the slides? Oh no, because it was a two aisle plane, <laughs> so they slides. could go out of slides. <laughs> could you imagine if they had video of it? We could identify the person oh, by the brown right. streak just going down the slide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they used the slide just for that person. Oh my god, I would have I would have wrapped that dude in bubble tape. I would have put him in the cargo hold.
I really would have. I would have told them to stay in the bathroom for right now. Just stay in the bathroom yeah. while we land. Yes. I don't care that there's no seatbelts in there. <laughs> if someone's going to die, it's going to be you. We're just going to go. This poor bastard. Oh, God, or ba- I know. Or, or bastard day, whatever, whichever it <laughs> Bastardist. is. Bastardist. Bastardist. Whichever it is, they know who they are. You know who you are. You know what you did. <laughs> like yes. For the rest of their lives, they are oh. going to have to think at night when they're going to sleep. About the plane that had to turn around because they shit They may not themselves. get on a plane again. I mean, I that's devastating. They had to have been violently ill. Now I'm concerned if I'm on the plane that right. I'm going to be violently ill. So you got to keep the diarrhea stopper around. Yeah, that, <laughs> you got to keep that Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I have a bad case of <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> uh, well, at least everybody's taking it in stride. Seems like everybody who was on the plane who's now made a video because, of course, this is your 15 minutes of fame <laughs> yes. that you're on the diarrhea plane. <laughs> <laughs> the brown express flight to Barcelona. The brown Barcelona express. Um, we're flying Barcelona brown. <laughs> From the flight, I guess you're listening to this. Just sit back and relax. And just a reminder, if you're going to shit yourself, uh, please use the poop bag given to you in the front. Thanks for flying brown Barcelona. <laughs> we'll have you to your location in about nine and a half hours. <laughs> Oxygen masks are provided. Not in case of an emergency, but just as a regular course of business. <laughs> we'll be flying at 55,000 feet. I'll talk to you when you get back on Oh, my God. Poor bastard. Yeah, I really do feel for I do him too. or her, whoever that might be. Yeah. You think it's going to come out? You think th- you think they're going to be identified? They're I know. The finger is going to be pointed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who can really keep a secret that long? Like, there's going to be some miserable, sad sack of shit, no pun intended, that's going to call out the person by name or by picture, one of the two. But I hope they don't. Because honestly, this is just an accident. Yeah. It's like if my son threw up all over a plane and... and like, there was no control over it. It sounds like this was an adult. It doesn't sound, right. at least that's the way they make it sound. Um, and who knows? Could have been an older person. Could have mm-hmm. been a sickly person. Mm-hmm. Could have been a person that has IBS. Yes. <laughs> IBS Airlines. <laughs> Fly the friendly skies with IBS Airlines. You can sit in comfort with the rest of your... <laughs> IBS, no problem. Yeah, IBS, no problem. Bubblegut, come on by. <laughs> we got you covered. There's literally holes cut out in our seats. It just flies out the back of the plane. Did you know that they used to just like yes. dispose of that shit in the air? Yes. That's what would happen? <laughs> yes. You'd, you'd be hanging out on Your a backyard. sunny day. Yeah, and just <laughs> Boom. brown round, just flying all around. <laughs> I think they did it mainly over oceans, lakes, and prairie land, but... That you know, makes more sense. Dave Matthews one time did it. <laughs> That's right. The, <laughs> the bus. Chicago River. Uh, yeah. That is the most insane story to me still, yeah. is why anybody would just pull over to the river and then just dump shit into the <laughs> Chicago River when a passenger boat, like a tourist boat, was driving under the bridge. They literally got shat on by Dave Matthews. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad enough. <laughs> Dave's music wasn't bad enough. Then they... <laughs> Had to shit all over tourists in Chicago. <laughs> that is very weird that that happened. You're right. Yeah, it gives a new whole new whole new meaning to the DMB. <laughs> <laughs> the Dump Matthews Band. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. They have like, do they have hookups for shit like that? I guess that's you would think for. Since I met the day that I met Astrid, we, you know, 
or since we Astrid and I started talking about children, which was like, you know, two weeks into knowing each other. We were full on in love talking about kids. I said, I really want to take, if we ever have kids, I really want to take them on a cross-country trip. That would be so fun. And a super nice RV. Yeah, I still want to do that. I know. I think that'd be so much fun. And not not that we would necessarily spend every night in the RV. Maybe we could stop at night and stay at some local yokel motel or hotel. But how cool would it be when you're going to drive that far, go cross-country? You know, it takes whatever. It would take two full days if we just drove straight through. But then you stop everywhere. And, but if you, the kids and the family could run around the back and watch TV and play card games and make sandwiches and, you know, have a bed that someone could take a nap <laughs> in, I think that would just be so cool. I also want a driver because I don't want to be the one driving. But I just think that would be so cool. But you have to remember. And then I think to myself, and the best part is, is that the kids can just use the bathroom right there. We don't have to stop every time the kids have to use the bathroom. True. But you never go number two in the bus. Mm-hmm. You never do it. That's just a thing. <laughs> we were traveling to Disneyland um, in Europe. We took the kids for their birthday because we were there and we just decided, okay, they like Disney, we'll take them. And they have this bus that takes you from the airport to Disneyland because it's it's in, they say it's in Paris, but it's not really in Paris. It's out. It's like outside. an hour outside of Paris. So the yeah, Paris, the city of Paris probably doesn't have room to put that. No, up the city after of Paris, millions of years or whatever long they've been there. Well, not only does the city of Paris not have room, they don't have patience for Disney. No. Like I don't know if you remember, but Disneyland Paris was quite the flop for the first twelve years of its existence because. Disney, in their infinite wisdom as a cor- American corporation, decided that what the French people really wanted was the American Disney culture <laughs> in France. But that's not what no. they wanted. They hated it. They were like, fuck that. We don't want America here in France. We like France. We want French stuff. And so only when Disney started getting hip to this many years after opening did people actually start coming to the park. Literally empty for like the first decade. So anyway, so we get on this bus. Me, the 12 children, family, in-laws, we're like taking up half the bus. The second that this guy gets on the highway, the second he gets on the highway, we are stuck in jam-packed traffic, getting outside, of, driving outside of Paris. And my son, one of my sons goes, <laughs> one of my sons. I gotta go poo-poo. I gotta go poo-poo. And I'm like, oh, shit. God damn it. I told you to go in the airport. I told you. Now I'm my dad, right? Now all of a sudden I'm my dad. I'm like, fuck that. I told you to go poo-poo. And I gotta go poo-poo. I gotta go poo-poo. Well, guess what? There is no place to poo-poo because they have a toilet, but the toilet is broken. And so I run up to the bus driver and I'm like, hey, is is it like really broken or like kind of broken? Like, is it a broken? And he's like, no number two, no number two, right? And I was like, fuck. No, He's like, no poo-poo, no poo-poo. He can hear us. So I'm like, well, I guess you're going to have to wear one of your sister's diapers. (laughs) And then we put it in like a biohazard bag, wrapped it up, and just the thought of it sitting near me, (laughs) I was just like so stressed out the whole trip. Like, fuck, man. (laughs) So the first thing we do when we get to Disneyland Paris is shit all over Disneyland Paris. I'm like, well, welcome to the hotel, Disneyland Paris Hotel. Here's my... (laughs) Grown son's shit diaper. (laughs) Smell that, Disneyland Paris. (laughs) You don't wear deodorant, I give you shit. There you go. 
<laughs> how did they make Disney uh, World Paris uh, French? How did they Frenchify it? They actually got like French signs and French people to work there. I oh. mean, they 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 just did stuff that was more customary to the French people, and like the food is not it's not cheeseburgers and pizza, right? They actually have local flavors and stuff like that. Foie gras, foie gras, no, no foie gras at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, au yeah, au foie gras on the block, hoo ha, French foie gras on the block, hoo ha, hoo Disneyland foie gras on the block. Um, so the the I didn't really notice that much of a difference, but you know, because a lot of the the rides, some of them are in French, and, and sometimes they have English, right? Um, but all, most of the signs are in French. Like literally, I think when Disney—I don't know this for sure—but my my impression is that when Disneyland Paris opened originally, Michael Eisner, who was the guy who had this idea, the CEO of Disney at the time, he was so convinced that they needed to put Disney World literally in Paris that like the signs were in English. Well, I, I think what he thought was everybody would just come and enjoy. The, yeah. the American version. And the French people really revolted. I mean, mm-hmm. they are strong-willed, and, and they've got a beautiful culture. And and any country in the world should, you know, they should enjoy their own, like, their own culture. There's nothing wrong with that. They All they asked for was tie a little French up in this whole yes. American Mickey Mouse bullshit that you're bringing <laughs> over here. And uh, it just took them a long time to get hip to that. And then they didn't do any... They opened the park with like 12 rides and they put no more rides in there for like a decade. They would literally open like a, I don't know, you know, one of those rides where you go in, you sit and you watch a movie and they call that a ride. It's not a ride. (laughs) It's not a ride. But the the crazy thing is, and I don't think I ever talked, I don't think I talked about this back when, right after it happened, but the nutty thing about the French people and Disneyland Paris is that the roller coasters, the things you want to go on, the thrill rides, the big boy, bad boy thrill rides, as, as, as thrill ridey as it's going to get at a Disney park. Those you will find three and four hour lines for here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. It's those rides that command the most attention, that have the longest lines, that are hardest to get fast passes for. But it's the, almost the exact opposite in Paris. Mm. You can go on their version of Space Mountain, which is 50 times more better than the Space Mountain here. You can go on that ride. We literally went on that ride like three times in a row. No line whatsoever. However, it's a small world, which is a murderous, (laughs) non-enjoyable, torturous ride that every adult who has been on hates because it's... That song gets stuck in your head. They have like a 10-hour line for it. It's like, why are you... Why are you waiting in line for that? Why don't you go wait in line with us over at Space Mountain? It was just like a weird cultural thing. I think they just enjoy the, I don't know, the sitting novelty. in a the theater and calling it a ride. I guess. I don't know. I didn't I didn't really enjoy it myself. But we are so far off topic that it's oh, not even funny. Okay. We had a topic? What, we had a topic. And it, and it does have to do with international love. You know, we talk about 90 Day Fiance, and we've talked about it a lot on this show because of my own personal inclin- my own personal tastes and inclination to watch bad tel- reality show television. But there is a real big business out there bringing two people together from international countries. You said yesterday yes. that there was OK Filipino, like OK Cupid, but it's OK Filipino. No, no, it's uh, Filipino. Oh, Filipino Cupid. Yeah, Filipino Cupid. Yeah. Okay. So there is big business 
involved in bringing two international people together to meet for love. There's a big business, and there are a lot. Of, imagine, just like to bring- well, the people. It, what I'm finding, though, I do have to interject this: the yeah. people that are, that are actually looking for love on these sites. Most of the the people that are looking for love are the ones that are looking outside the country. Yes, the people that are inside the country and have yeah. no money. Are the ones looking for international lovers who have money. Exactly. Yes. No, I get what you're saying. And the one I, girl even admitted it on this one I yeah. was watching. She was like, look, I'm very poor and I need a rich rich guy from the US. And can you there after watching so many episodes of this show and now having been through it myself, having an international love that Trust me, was not based on money because I don't have any. So no one's looking for me. Um, but can you? Plus, you guys were mutually introduced by mutual family friend. members. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. like some weird. Yeah. You know, I'm stalking you on Instagram, and now let's go right. meet in some far flung location or some weird dating service, international dating service. This was a personal introduction. We were basically family and didn't know it in, until we actually met. So now I'm fucking my not family blood, member. Not blood family. No, not blood family. You know, the kind of second cousin fuckers that happen you know, in Utah with those people. You know what I'm talking about? The cousin fuckers? Um, there's yes. another episode on Spotify, demonetized. <laughs> um, what? I don't blame somebody for wanting to pull themselves up out of, like, soul-crushing poverty in any way Absolutely possible. not. I see exactly where they're coming from. I, and they've got the internet. They've got a phone. They're beautiful. Why not? Most of the time it's a woman yeah. that's in another country. And yeah, they're going to try and get make themselves, make their life better. If you can, if you've got, if you're living in, I don't know, let's say Ukraine or Russia or one of the or former the middle Russian of the states. Amazon. That's or the, what, that's right. What, that one Karini. Yeah, Karini. She, <laughs> she live, literally lives in the poorest place yeah. on earth, yes. off the Amazon River in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, and there are even, there are people that are even in more dire circumstances that have been in more recent episodes. But what's clear to me is that while this may have started as a look for a way out, in some cases... It turned into a true love story. Of course, yes. Because I guess you can kind of fall in love with anybody if your mind is open to that kind mm-hmm. of interaction. And is there anything wrong with two consenting adults making an arrangement based on the facts as they know them? In other words, no. I have money. I'm well established in the United States. Even someone who makes $30,000 a year is that's so much better off right. than someone living on the Amazon if that's what they want. There are plenty of people living in the Amazon, I'm sure, that are happy with that their want lives. That, yeah. that want that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with this kind of arrangement. I just want to say that before we get started on this so journey of, you know, mail order brides, so to speak, quote unquote. Hey, yeah, excuse me. Uh, I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. I'm just kidding. It's me, Christina, producer for the commercial break. And I just wanted to interrupt for a quick sec to remind you that tcbpodcast.com is the place to go to find all of our audio and video. And of course, to beg you to go to Apple and leave us a positive review. Positive. And if you go to tcbpodcast.com, you can get a free What Would Frankie Do sticker. Just go to the website, click contact us, tell us you want a sticker and give us your physical address. And we're in business, baby. You can also text us at 855-TCB-8383. 
That's 855-TCB-8383. And give us your questions, comments, concerns, and content ideas, please. Add us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. Brian's really trying to keep up with the youths, so give us a follow. You know you wanna. If you're into videos, go to youtube.com slash the commercial break and see fully edited episodes the same day they air over here. As always, please support our sponsors by going to their websites and buying their products. And don't forget to use our specialized URLs because that's how we keep things moving here at TCB. So let's listen to those sponsors and then we'll be back to this episode of the commercial break. This episode is sponsored in part by our good friends at Nutrafol. Have a little hair thinning going on in the top of your head because of aging, stress, hair care products? Or like me, you're always wearing something on the top of your head like these headphones? You're not alone. Over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our life. It's not only common, it's actually normal. And that's why I've started to use Nutrafol. It's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement that's clinically proven to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and strength. There can be multiple root causes of hair thinning, but Nutrafol addresses the key root causes through a whole body approach to hair health. No crazy chemicals, no going to the doctor's office 15 times for hair transplants. And it works. 72% of men said they saw more scalp coverage after using Nutrafol's hair growth supplement for six months. And 86% of women said they saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. Join the thousands of people who are standing up for their strands by doing something about it. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TCB. Find out why over 4,000 professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use the code TCB. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code TCB. TCB. And thanks to Nutrafol for being a sponsor of the commercial break. I'm Tank Sinatra. And I'm Investigator Slater. And together we co-host a podcast called Psychopedia, which is a true crime podcast infused with comedy, making it a crimedy. Each week, Investigator Slater brings us a wild and thoroughly researched true crime case. I'm here to digest it all and react just like you probably are right there on the other side of the microphone. Somehow, I've got to present each case with the detail and respect it deserves, while also cracking up at Tank's perfectly timed humor and thought-provoking questions. Listen to and follow Psychopedia on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, a couple of years ago, I watched a documentary called Love Me, and that documentary is all about the flourishing Russian mail-order bride business, and the people who set these folks up, and the people who set them up for success, and then set them up for failure. There's a rather, I say famous, but it's really infamous dating service that's out there, Um, and they did a whole documentary about this. It's called Love Me. I'd like to watch it yeah, with you. I'd like you to love me while we're watching this I documentary together. If you could give me a hand shandy <laughs> under the table while we're talking, it would be appreciated. I'm not asking for a lot. Just a rub of the knob. Are you going uh, to HR? The yeah, HR yeah, department yeah, is my wife, yeah. so we are fucked. I am fucked. <laughs> love Me is a documentary about Russian mail-order brides. Yes. I'm strolling on the internet. As you do. As I do like to do. And this documentary, I watched part of it um, a couple of years ago, popped back up on <laughs> my feed. Of course it did, because I was looking for another Russian <laughs> mail order bribe. Um, but let's watch 
objectively, and let's see what we see that either piques our interest or puts a red flag in the situation. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Love me. Oh, and by the way, I just want to share before we get started with this. Say that you love me, need me, need me. Say that you need me. That song just popped in my head. I hate that song so much. Is that garbage? but you. No, that's not garbage, is that? No. No, is that like Sweater or something? What were they named? Cardigans. The Cardigans. That was it. I got it. Oh my God, I can't believe I remember that. Leave me, leave me, say that you need me, want me, want me, come on and want me, one song, one song, that's all you'll hear from us. <laughs> their timing was bad. So was their music, but that's okay. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> Sorry, Cardigans. I just didn't like that song. All right, here we go. Okay. Russian Mail Order Brides. Love me. Oh, I wanted to say this. I totally forgot what I was going to say. We are going to do this, and I think we're going to watch a good chunk of this uh, television program here. So if you want to stick out, stick around, I think we might have a couple episodes of this. So stick around, and if you don't like it, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> ask you a very simple question, but what is love? Uh, people try to define that for the longest time. Uh, love is when you can look at each other. Love is when one guy pays another woman to move to America and services every need. <laughs> but I, I'll mention this. There are like four main guys in this story. They are all white, middle-aged men who have been through, either never had yeah. a relationship or who have been through a few. Guys, <laughs> and just know they're going to, she's going to be there for you. It's that feeling of I can't I can't live without her. I don't want to live without her. You want to be with that's creepy. I, it was someone creepy. the way he said it's, it. It's that feeling of you gotta kill somebody <laughs> if they don't want to be with you. You know that feeling, don't you? Nope, you don't. <laughs> I can't live without her. My psychiatrist says I should keep those thoughts in my cell. Take care of someone. Be close with someone. Finding someone you can be compatible with and be committed to. But you're not <laughs> what you can't see if you're not watching on youtube.com slash the commercial break is that there this is the beginning of the movie so they're interspersing these guys that are talking answering the question what is love with these weird images of this very young girl i mean she she's probably 15 years old yeah popping out of a wedding cake in a full wedding dress i imagine this is the director's daughter or something has <laughs> right. to be right yeah <laughs> do movie scoring don't you think yeah. i think i could do movie scoring <laughs> i need a creepy young girl jumping out of a wedding cake theme oh i got it <laughs> i do want to be married so i got looking on the internet and of course, you know, you can find anything on the internet. <laughs> My name's Travis Needham from Plain, Wisconsin, 38 years old. So how many times are you going to today? I, I have to point out that I don't think that the women where he is looking for love from are picturing 
this no. mud mud pit. No. On their dream board <laughs> at their home, wherever they live, at their dream board, they probably, you know, have like Brad Pitt, uh, George Clooney, uh, you know, uh, Whatever beautiful his name. home, yeah, beautiful with home a pool. with a pool. Yeah. New York City, yeah, Miami, <laughs> San Francisco, maybe even Charlotte. You know, I mean, like something. That, my expectations aren't high. I just want civilization. And what he's they're going to get with this guy is literally a dairy farm in the middle of Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> 170, 175, I don't know, it's more than, a lot more than I want to know. <laughs> oh, I haven't really dated a lot of girls. Do you think he's ever had sex with one of those cows? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thought that came to I my mind. I thought the same thing. Did you? Yeah. The, so the answer is yes. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. It. Why not? Then one and... Let's just leave it at that. Where are all the women in this town? There's a lot of guys. I could think of six single women off the top of my head, and probably most are divorcees. Around here, work ethic. I wouldn't take it as a you don't have time. personal thing. It's just there's not a lot of women here. Well, who wants to live there? Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Like you're single, young, beautiful, you got your college education, or maybe you're going off to college. Would you want to live in Dairy, Car- Dairy Farm, Wisconsin? No. That's the problem. That's part of the challenge with farms these days True. and why farms are increasingly being owned by corporations or hedge funds mm-hmm. or whatever, or one family owns all the farms now. Because who the fuck wants to work this land? It's a rather isolating and stressful, and you never stop fucking working. You think those cows yeah. care that it's a holiday? No, they don't. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to die. Don't die on a holiday. That's all I'm asking. It's like living with the Eskimos, you know? <laughs> Meeting someone from overseas, I felt like if I could meet the right one, that she might be more serious about actually building a relationship and giving it the time we would need. My name is Eric Ireton. I'm a mechanical engineer. I live in San Antonio, Texas. I'm 45. What's your favorite gun? What's your favorite gun? Yeah, you don't hear that all the time. No, that's not usually a question you would ask <laughs> in a romantic interlude. What's your favorite gun? <laughs> By He's the way, wearing a shirt that says NRA. Yeah, okay, that's a whole different story. But okay, so you know the woman that Eric has been is pictured with, or that he's pictured himself with. W- yeah, himself with <laughs> is a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. sexy, blonde that age twenty two. <laughs> That clearly a these two are an ill fit. Yeah. Leaning against a tree. <laughs> Here's another one. 45 years old, looks 62 years mm. old. I shouldn't talk too much shit. He's in the NRA, but um, <laughs> he has guns. One of them's his favorite. But, you know, th- this guy is not typically who you would picture that girl with. Mm-mm. You have it in there? Favorite gun. I don't know. It's hard to have a favorite. 357 Magnum. First handgun I bought. Got my 12 gauge shotgun. AK-47, AR-15, little 22 caliber with a 20-gauge shotgun over-under. I don't even know what any of that means. I don't but... either. Yeah, and, and can you imagine <sighs> if you're the wife and you actually make it so far as to come back with this guy and that's what you see? Yeah, then you have I a mean, closet full scary. of guns. Yeah, of which you have a favorite. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Like, I'm all about responsible gun ownership, 1,000%. 
And it doesn't sound like he's being irresponsible. I'm not saying that, but it's a little creepy that you have your guns laid out on the bed and you're picking your favorites. Yes. <laughs> when was your last serious relationship? Like, here. I've never had one. Sad. Jeez. I tried eArmy and a few of these other regular dating sites. Never worked for Regular me. Regular dating sites? The Army? Is the Army? Is the Army hooked people up? I tried the Army. Fuck. Am I too old for the Army? I'm too old for the Army. I just learned the other day I'm too old for the Army. Mm. Did you know that? I did not. But they only take people up to 24 years old and I just, my birthday just passed, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> my name's Bobby Cannon. I'm 46 and I work in human resources for the federal government. And my views are mine alone, not the government's. So, well, I mean, at least he's got a head enough on his shoulders <laughs> to say that. <laughs> oh, he's got a cat, though. He's got a cat oh, that's yeah, looking okay. lovingly at him. Yeah, that's sweet. This is the living room. Uh, this is where I spend most of the day. This is where I do most of my masturbation. Right <laughs> on this couch, looking at army photographs. When I'm at home, got my some of my collection. I tend to be a little bit shy, so I don't meet a lot of folks for relationship purposes. And it, to be be honest, you know, I'm a little bit heavier. So that don't is something being that... being heavy is his problem. What's that? I said, I no. don't know that being heavy it's is not his problem. problem. People find love at all different sizes, yes. you know? I watched that, uh, that, that show, My Big Fat Fabulous Life, came back on with that oh, Whitney yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. She's, she's rocking almost 400, and there are guys falling all over her. Oh, yeah. Falling all over her. Is a real negative in, in the United States. Now, she's famous and has her own television show, but I digress. <laughs> I hated dating. I got on your popular sites, and my first five dates lasted less than five minutes. All five of them. Well, well what is- does that say about you, dude? Well, I was going to say, who ended it? Them yeah. or you? Yeah, honey, what? <laughs> less than five minutes? I had some pretty terrible Tinder dates. <laughs> But I survived the night. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I made it a couple of hours. Of course, I had to get one of them out of a tree. It took you me a did. little while. <laughs> I get the other one off my cock. But besides that, it was all great. I'm Ron Kirby. I'm from North Carolina in Pinehurst. I married my childhood sweetheart. Met her when she was 12. I was 13. Got married at 18. Three kids by 26. We were married for 28 years. If there was one thing missing in our marriage, it was this. I felt taken advantage of. Oh, you poor you. And now you're taking shots? Yeah, he's steroids? injecting himself. Oh, testosterone, testosterone. probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got frustrated with American women. So I typed into Google something about Russian brides. Something, something about, about Russian brides. It just <laughs> I am handsome and awesome and would like a Russian bride to suck on my penis most days and not talk back to me at all because I am the American version of a Russian stud. Go, Google. <laughs> there it came up. Welcome to the fascinating world of a foreign affair where true love knows no boundaries. My name is John Adams, president of a foreign affair. And I would like to thank you for taking the time to learn more about this exciting and very real process of finding your special someone. Well, with a pitch man like that, how can you stop? <laughs> Do you get some of those real estate people in there to give it some polish? That guy looks like he's about to fall asleep. You look at John Adams, and, and John, if you're looking at this, don't get him mad at me, but he's an average guy. He isn't the best looking guy in the world. 
He's got a little bit of a pooch, like he said. And yet it worked for him. This is what happens to these guys, these some of these gentlemen who get a little bit older and then like Frankie B types. This is a Frankie B type, right? Yeah, he is. Gets a little bit older, finds a second win, discovers steroids, you know, starts eating right, divorced his wife, bitter at everybody, bitter at every woman that ever came in his yeah. life. Five minute dates, five minute dates. That's fucking bullshit, first of all. <laughs> five dates, five minutes, all of them. I don't believe it. I just don't. But the problem is, is that they get a little heady, right? And they start finding all the faults in everybody else. True. You're no better looking than the guy on that thing. You just have a little bit more muscle that has been given to you by the <laughs> wonderful world of pharmaceuticals. It's, it's not helping you. I was lucky enough to find my Russian bride several years ago with the assistance of a foreign affair. And I assure you that it can work for you as well. So then you have to say, if it worked for John... You know, certainly, maybe, maybe it could work for me. You don't. You didn't think for one minute I'll that John. I'll try it. I'll try it. I don't think for one minute John has a financial stake in oh. the outcome of this, one way or the other. Mm-mm. She's kind of cute. Now, now we're in an office with John and Tanya Adams. Tanya is a Russian mail order bride that John found. John actually, I think he bought the company. Is the is yes. what happened? Yeah. Are you going after somebody's else wife? Sick puppy. A foreign affair is really just an international version of any kind of local dating service that you would go to online in order to try to meet someone. Only we focus more on the international sector. All you do is find the computers, you can register, and you can start meeting people from everywhere. For a price. I was lucky enough. Yeah, for a hefty dollar. Sir, one shilling, one shilling to meet your Russian oil bride. One shilling for every digit you type on a text message. It really is. Okay, let's see how it unfolds here. Meet Tanya through a foreign affair, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'm a great example of how it can work, and it does work. I mean, what happens when you're lucky enough to meet the love of your life? Okay, so now John and Tanya are on a video on their website, and they're sitting together, and behind them are pictures, <laughs> like a weird green screen of a, I gotta imagine, no older than 16-year-old girl in a bikini, girl in a bikini with water splashing near her vagina, and, yes. <laughs> and like wedding rings behind them. It's just a weird sales so pitch. Yeah. A little slow over your time, but he's going to wake up and get that coffee going. In my jungle, uh, I was 27, and when I was 29, I moved to United States. I came from St. Petersburg, Russia. John's saying, it's my first marriage and your last. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the second one. The internet really changed the way we date, both internationally and domestically. When the men do go to the site, they have to register on the site. And then they can start writing letters to the women. Yeah, you register for free, but then yeah. you it's like ten dollars a he'll message explain or something. this, but yeah, okay, it's yeah. like it's they, they pay per word to have it translated. Oh, per word. Per word. God. Now I don't know when this documentary was made. I think it was in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, so let's call it two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think Google Translate 
has been around about as long as Google has. Yeah. So wouldn't you just use Google Translate? That's what I did with Astrid. And she knew it right away, by the way. She was like, are you using Google Translate? Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay for letters because it will actually translate letters for you and get them to the women and get the replies back for you. I got on the, the AFA website and I started getting some letters from some women in Ukraine. I really didn't even know what Ukraine was. The women there are just gorgeous. I found 10 women that I really liked, so I started writing to them. All 10 wrote back. We always preach that she'd actually get on a plane and go over and meet these women in person because that's the only way anything's ever going to happen for you if you want something to happen for you. The romance tour is, is absolutely amazing. It is absolutely amazing. All the cash that I get in my pocket and all the pussy I have left over. These poor bastards are paying thousands of dollars. <laughs> they usually don't find love, but I did. I found love. I'm the guy with all the money. You can, you can imagine how he rolls. He's setting all oh, this yeah. stuff up. Oh, yes. This, this is a true like money-making racket in the sense that there are always going to be lonely, single guys. I was going to on that emotion. That's right. Especially in middle age when you f- you're mm-hmm. starting to feel your mortality a little bit and maybe your life has passed you by and you haven't done a few things you wanted to do, like fall in love, have a family, have kids, and find, yeah. a, find a person, in this case women, that you can settle down with. So why not pick a beautiful Ukrainian woman, which, by the way, Ukrainian women are world-class beauties like they i don't really know are. i don't know what's happening they, either it's something in the fucking water it's that nuclear power plant or something yeah. it's growing these beautiful yeah ukraine and venezuela they're growing beautiful women yeah. down there yeah and of course uh here north of atlanta they're growing beautiful men like me best experience that you'll ever have we're going to three separate cities during the trip odessa Nikolaev, and Kherson. it starts in new york and jfk Everybody's meeting for the first time. Everybody's kind of sizing everybody else up. It's kind of like a, a road trip if you're in a fraternity in a way, but it has a purpose, of course, which a road trip does not. I don't really feel it's like... Road it's, trips have purpose? Yeah. We're, <laughs> road trips <laughs> usually have destinations, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I guess it couldn't. You and I one time went to Bonnaroo, but <laughs> I just made a big circle. He <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> with your car. For 12 days. <laughs> My last chance, but I just didn't want to be alone anymore, and nothing was happening around here. Why would anybody else spend this kind of money to find a wife? There's a lot of faith involved in this. It has to be. Because you're asking men, look, fork over a few thousand dollars, take a couple of weeks out of your schedule, and come over with us. Oh, look, they, fl- they flew on Ukrainian air. Only the best for foreign affair tours. <laughs> Ukrainian air. This was obviously, too, before the war that's happening right now. Oh, yeah, now, obviously. So, yeah. yeah, way before the war. So they're walking through an airport. They are all uh, have landed at, in Ukraine, and so now they're leaving the airport to realize that Ukraine is cold and mucky. <laughs> yeah. That's ours, I believe. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, we made it. They're now on a bus. Welcome to Odessa, Ukraine. Welcome to you can watch Odessa. The guys on- <laughs> Welcome to beautiful Odessa. <laughs> it's like 
There's the Russian military invading the uh, port over there. And, uh, oh, look, they just bombed a submarine. It's gray and cold. It's gray, cold, dreary. This guy's super happy. He just spent $10,000 of his milk money, literally, <laughs> to find a wife. Bus, and they're kind of looking around out the window. And they're like, wow, wow. There's a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of fear, maybe, a little bit of all these things going through their minds. Because there's not the easiest process in the world. All right, guys, we're going to get started here with this orientation. You know, the social, is, it's not a cocktail party. It's a great opportunity to meet a lot of different people at one time, right? It's all about moving around as much as possible to try to... I'm just curious as to why that... <laughs> so he's in, they're in a hall of a hotel, and it's like this beautiful interior ornate. hall, ornate decorations everywhere. It's like what you would expect out of kind of like a, I don't know, world Russian, you know, building. There's 12 guys on the tour. There's maybe 20 chairs in the entire room. <laughs> yeah. He's standing right amongst them and he's got a microphone in his yeah, hand. It's kind of like Irving's funeral. Like, did you really need the speaker <laughs> and the microphone? There's only two of us. <laughs> Some people might be hard of hearing. That's fair enough. <laughs> Meet as many different people as possible. The first big event of this whole tour is the social. That's what everybody's looking forward to. So everybody is ready for that. I don't have any expectations. My plans are to shake the hands of every single woman there tonight. I'm Rod. My plan is to have every single woman in there shake my knob by the end of the night. This guy is a fucking... Yeah, he's weird. This, we're talking to, this guy is the guy who was injecting himself with testosterone during the intro video. And had video. five-minute dates. The five-minute dates, that's right. His name is what? Eric? Was it Eric or Randy? Ron? I can't remember. Ronald? <laughs> I am Ron. 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 And I am Ron. Nothing like a little tech note. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to welcome you all for coming. It's really important that if you see someone that you like, don't be shy. Just go up to him and say, hey, can I talk to you? I guarantee you that the men are more shy than you are. It was like being a kid in a candy store. I wasn't really quite sure how to handle it. So my job is to go around and encourage the men to be as proactive as they possibly can and talk to as many women as they possibly can and have a good time at the same time. So in case you couldn't hear what he was saying, he says his job as the tour director is to go around and make sure that the men are talking to as many women as possible mm -hmm. so that he they have a good time so that when they inevitably don't have a connection with anybody on this tour, they come on the next tour. That's right. Because they just want to go to the party. We had 210 women at that social, 20 guys, a 10 to 1 ratio. Welcome to paradise. <laughs> For me, it's been very nerve wracking. A lot of beautiful women and not like that at home. <laughs> and they just can't believe that these women are interested in them because they're used to the situation at home where nobody's interested in them. American boys, all these women just falling all over these old white men. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And they're like twerking on the one guy. Yeah, they're twerking. They're literally sitting yeah. on his face on stage. There's 210 of them, and they're fighting for 12 guys' attention. It's a 10-to-1 ratio, like the guy said. It's insane. I guess, can you blame the guys at no. this point? Yeah. 
And you know, the girls get free drinks and free food to I'm show up sure. and a possibility that they may meet someone that they would have a relationship of with course. and end up in America, I guess, for a better life. I'm not sure. These women believe in family first, not career first, family first. I'll tell you, it's like dating a girl from the 50s. It's like dating my mom. Oh, that's well, that's weird. super creepy. Yeah. And there he is with his shirt <laughs> off. <laughs> He's got his shirt off. And there are women dancing on top of him, like sitting stroking on his face. Him. Yeah, stroking him. <laughs> his chest. And he's the tour director. <laughs> He's the guy, you know, he's been to all of these parties. Oh, yeah. So he knows exactly what to do. Uh He's like, you know what? Just get naked. It's going to happen anyway. (laughs) I can speak in front of 3,000 people. But getting on that dance floor, that makes me nervous. Going up Southern Baptist, I've never danced. I find the right one. You got to take after the tour director. Get on stage. Take, take your, your shirt, shirt off. off. Take your penis out for all God's yeah. sakes and just see what happens. <laughs> it's crazy out there. This is one wild fucking party. <laughs> wow. I might. I've been trying to be realistic in my search. I'm in pretty good shape for my age, but I can certainly feel my age in the last three years. Would you like to dance? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I want someone that still loves me for me, you know, when I'm not as viral, when I am starting to fall. I think it's viral. It's viral. (laughs) Not as viral. (laughs) It sounds like you need a test. It sounds like you need results. (laughs) Fall apart. You know, and I, I wouldn't mind falling apart with someone. My name is Ron. My name is Sidney. So you speak English? And how old are you? It's a secret. Well, that's important. Yes, yes. Never ask a woman her age, and then don't push her on the subject, first of all. But at least Ron is taking kind of a level-headed approach. He is. For a guy all steroided up, at least he's taking a level-headed, <laughs> and who has had five five-minute dates in the last year. He's taking a level-headed approach in one sense, in the sense that I don't want a 20-year-old hottie yeah. because I'm going to get old, and then she's not going to have anything to do with me mm-hmm. because she doesn't live the same life that I do. Right. Fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> If they're 25 years younger than me, then they're not going to be falling apart with me. Tell me about the woman that you met. What happened when you met her? Instant sparks. Yeah, I can't explain it. Even though she speaks very little English and I speak no Russian, it was just instant sparks. Her name's Victoria. We met at the social danced for a while, talked for a while. Never left her side till late next afternoon to go to the hotel, freshen up, and went back to spend more time with her. Late the next afternoon? The next afternoon. Wow. Good for him. <laughs> and it said, the video said 2011. So I guess yeah. at least we're in that, like, I'm going to call it 10 to 2013 range. In a perfect okay. world? Chrissy's like, great. What, does that do anything? I'm not sure. I don't know. (laughs) Just sharing. Just sharing my weird thoughts. Like I'm looking at a 
archaeological <laughs> dig or something. I'm going to place the time on this sometime around 2010 the, the to paleo, 2013. The paleontologist. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, it says 2011 right there. Well, I wasn't wrong, was I? <laughs> they gave me the date and I still gave a range. I was like, I'm going to place this sometime between 2010 and 2013. It says it happened on December 12th, 2011 at 7.06 p.m. Well, <laughs> still in the rain. Still in the rain. <laughs> Not wrong, am I? That's where I'm placing it. Yeah, that's where I'm placing it. That's where I put it in my head. Astrid will ask me what time it was, what time it is. And I'll be like, it's 7 p.m. It'll really be 6.42, right? And she's like, it's 6.40. And I'm like, it's kind of 7 p.m. You know what I'm saying? Jeff does the same thing. I know. Why does it matter? What does it matter? It's, you know, oh, I mean, because it is 6.42 and not 7. I know, but rocket ships aren't taking off based on what I tell you. <laughs> it's not a countdown at NASA. Uh, this would just keep going as awesome and wonderful as it's been. And... If it keeps going in the direction that it is, I plan on being engaged before I leave. Well, this cow oh. farmer looks like super not excited. He looks like so nervous. I know. Well, she's beautiful. And she also is. she's going to be very disappointed at the farm. I know. She could be very disappointed. But well, let's even see if he gets yeah. that far. <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm glad to see that you all survived Odessa so far. So now that you have one social under your belt, you have a little better idea how to manipulate and maneuver in the social. In Nikolai, Take your shirt off. the yeah. social will be held. Take your shirt off. <laughs> Pull down your boxers and let them go. At a nightclub. It's called the Illusion. When you're dating, you know that could be appropriate, right? You guys have fun with it, and hopefully you're going to find that one woman that you can really connect with. So wait, they just drive from town to town having yeah, a party? Yeah, they're going three different towns. You know they're probably putting up posters around town, oh, like rich American men coming yes. to town. <laughs> It's like the circus. And that's why they're not in Kiev right now. They're in like some random ass right. city. I don't know, uh, Ukrainian, you know, I'm not a Ukrainian map expert, but I would imagine these are small towns. Arrive at the social at five o'clock and it's jammed. I mean, there are women everywhere. Guys are making time in the line. I mean, they're talking to the girls and the girls aren't even in yet. They got their coats still on. They got one social on their belt. They're, they're uh, veterans now. They're not rookies anymore. They know what they're doing. I mean, uh, the beginnings of another social. How do they do that? Did you see that? There are <laughs> so many girls in this dark nightclub with all these disco balls around, and half the girls are belly dancers, yeah. it appears. They're doing a belly dance for the guys. I've been to Oh, and there's a few, guy, few guys mixed in there, too. Mm -hmm. You know, in case you want to yeah, uh, give up. that a try. Yeah, <laughs> You haven't done so well on uh, the old dating sites in America? Try a guy. Six different trips, and I walk into the social... Of course, I'm always uncomfortable because there's a lot of people in that room and there's a lot of beautiful women in He's that room. He's six times. Six fucking times. He's just six? He's addicted to the parties. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can see why. Yes. They're crazy. They're nuts. <laughs> you have 200 women for every one guy and they're all half naked and they're, they want 
you for whatever reason, <laughs> that's intoxicating, I can imagine. I'm sure. Yeah. But this guy's still uncomfortable. After party number two, I would be perfectly fine. <laughs> I need my British fluffer. You're amazing, Brian. <laughs> Star penis. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. So the hardest part for me is to just start with the first one. And I take my interpreter and we start walking the room. There, sitting at this table by herself, is a very tall, beautiful girl with long blonde hair. Oh, Ina is her name. Yeah. So now we introduce Ina. Her name is Ina. She lives in Poltava. She's sharing that Eric, this guy, has um, used it and came up and used a translator. All the criteria that I kind of went on this trip with. What is that? Tall, blonde? Yeah. Blonde, tall, (laughs) tall, blonde. Yeah, she was trying to joke around with him because he was very nervous. And she was definitely interested in the possibility of what it could turn into. Some of these guys just haven't dated in a long time. These passions and these feelings that I don't think they've felt for years and years. And, and all of a sudden they're really just exploring it all over again. And you, <laughs> I want a girl, girl like you. Who wants a boy like me? <laughs> and I'm skeptical on this. Okay, sixty-year-old guys wearing Abercrombie and Fitch sweaters. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Abercrombie and Fitch boxers—they're comfortable. I understand that. <laughs> sweaters, not so much. Having talked to some of the translators here, when I've asked them, tell me what percentage of the women here are truly in their heart interested in finding a man being married. I mean, they're giving me some really low numbers. Do you of have course. any children? Of course, because these women, some of these women aren't really interested in being married. They yeah. want to party. They want to party. They get free booze, yes. free food. Some uh-huh. of them might get paid to show up. Yeah. You never know yeah. like what these guys are up to. Okay, I'm looking. I'm, hold on. I'm, look, I'm looking for someone with no children. I've certainly not met anyone age appropriate for me. Oh, he's shooing away the camera. He was asking her questions, and he shooed away the camera. Yeah, he's serious. A serious asshole. (laughs) You've now survived two socials. I congratulate all of you for going to the third and final social here in Hirasan. It's going to be over before you know it. Nothing really matters. Just go up, talk to whoever you want to talk to, make something happen. I mean, you know, don't sit there and be shy. Just go up and do it, because... You'll probably never see her again anyway. She lives in the Ukraine. This is your opportunity. This is it. Fair enough. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, like True. it's a good point for those of us who are anxiety yeah. ripple about new social situations. Yeah, you're never going to see these women again anyway, and you can't understand that they're talking shit about you because they speak a different language. So why not? It's the last city, and I'm down to one. To be honest, this is probably the one that my eye always came back to. Her name is Julia. <laughs> she works in a travel agency. Um, uh, incredibly beautiful. Oh, We've been the writing- travel agency. Oh, the old ones. travel agency. Yeah. She's probably in hoodwinks with the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. foreign affair people. Right. To each other for, it's got to be seven, eight months now. We'll meet 
at the social. I'm coming to basically try to sweep her off her feet. Do you have pictures of her? What have you yeah. been talking about? Yeah, what like the it, travel arrangements or, <laughs> or love. Do you want to fly on diarrhea delta plane? <laughs> How old is she? 26. Ooh. She was a little bit under my uh, target age. What was your target age exactly? <laughs> 27? Yeah. This is the one from the website where she looks like Angelina Jolie. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> she does. She's prettier than Angelina Jolie. Can you go wrong there? Yeah, like it's just yeah. a menu. Yeah, you it's a menu. You just choose the woman That's right. and order, and then she's yours. Order, then she shows up in Kia yeah. the next day, and then, you know, you spend thousands of dollars trying to reach her for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll get back to it. I promise. Now I'm dying to know what happens. Me too. Because we just started the movie, and or the documentary, the show, whatever it is, and I know that there's some stuff to be uncovered here. So my guess is this is all a big scam or not, right? It's one of those could be, could be not. Well, right. Uh, those are the two choices. Those are the two choices. <laughs> when you're flying Ukraine air to find your next wife, eh, you might or might not be involved in a Ponzi scheme. We'll yeah. have to see what happens. Listen, again, I don't have any problem with people who make these kind of arrangements as long as both parties are willing, able, and okay with whatever agreement has been made, who fucking of cares? Course. Who cares? It's highly unlikely that it's going to work out for them, but, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. that's none of my business. <laughs> There's plenty of people that I knew that met in a bar or met between friends or whatever that things didn't work out, too. So you yep. might as well lay the cards out on the table. Might do it well. the way you want to do it. Look at Marlon. 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 Marlon fell in love with that woman because she sent a Porsche to his house. But then he really fell in love with the woman who was behind the Porsche and the big wallet. So, if it can happen to Marlon, it can happen to them. Only in Marlon's situation, the woman <laughs> is 102 years old. <laughs> and has now broken up with him. Well, last we heard, yeah, that's what was going on. They got back together and then something happened again. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm plugging for a Marlon update, but I don't plug too hard. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're going through a breakup, the last thing you want to do is think about <laughs> content for the commercial break. <laughs> Of which you have no financial stake, probably don't listen to, and are worried. Update, question mark? Yeah, update. <laughs> really? <laughs> TCVpodcast.com. That's where you go. You find out more information about Chrissy and I, all the audio, all the video, right there at one location, TCVpodcast.com. And you can get your free What Would Frankie Do sticker. Hit the Contact Us button. Please do us a favor, send us your physical address, and out the door we will send you a sticker. There's only a couple left. We might even be out at this point. Who knows when this runs? I don't know, but we'll get you a sticker. Ask for a sticker. 1-855-TCB-8383. 1-855-TCB-8383. Questions, comments, concerns, content ideas. Ask Brian's mom. Send them all there. At the commercial break on Instagram, TCB Podcast on TikTok and YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Okay, Chrissy, I guess that's all I can do today. I think so. But I love you. I love you. And best to you. And best to you. Best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Chrissy and I do say, we must say, and we always say, goodbye. Goodbye.